There is nothing wrong with your internet. Do not attempt to adjust your settings. We are controlling the podcast. We control the squealing and the screams. We can make your heart flutter, your eyes blur from tears, or sharpen your mind to crystal clarity. For the next hour, sit back. We are in control of what you hear. We repeat, there is nothing wrong with your settings. You are about to experience the awe and mystery known as the female mind. You are now entering the Fangirl Zone. Hello everyone and welcome to Sci-Fi Talk on the Fangirl Zone, a podcast where we discuss shows on the Sci-Fi Channel. I'm Sean Fangirl S. And I'm Steve, and tonight we'll be discussing episode nine of season five of The Magicians. Oh my gosh. Okay, so we have some stuff to unpack here, but before we do that, we have some ratings. News. Yeah, we have then other and news. And other news, which I don't want to do that first. So let's do ratings news. Right. <laughs> so episode eight brought in a 0. 0.10 in adults 18 to 49 with 0.308 million viewers, making it the 87th rated cable show for the day. And episode nine brought in a 0.12 in adults 18 to 49 with 0.376 million viewers, making it the 88th rated cable show for the day. So the numbers actually went up for episode nine. Yay. After the announcement. Oh, God. So the announcement. All right. So we have to say it. It makes us sad. But it was announced that this is the final series that we're getting for them. So episode, is it? 12 or 13 will be the series finale. 13. Will be the series yep, 13 finale. 13 will be the finale. I, oh, it is very distressing because I thought it was really good and a lot of stuff happening. A lot right. of people have still been salty that Q's not on anymore, but Jason Ralph had decided to leave to do, I guess, stage productions again. So it's not like they could do much if he wanted out. Right. But, oh my gosh, so many people are angry that they're stopping it. And a lot of people are like, why can't sci-fi count past five? <laughs> I can't. Right. I'm like, hey, there's a lot of shows we only got one season of. Right. Yeah. No more getting even 10 seasons of Stargate that was on sci-fi and Atlantis that was on sci-fi. Right. And of course, I think that was only seven, but still. Yeah, it's been kind of rough with some of the stuff. I don't know if streaming has anything to do with it because a lot of people want to wait and just binge watch. Obviously, right. there's no use saying, oh, it's because ratings and it's because this, but because they made their decision. It sucks. Yes. And I believe the timing of it is even making it worse because we have so few episodes left. They've already got to be shot. More than likely, not going to get closure to this series. Right, because I feel like there's we'll so many. We'll probably have some ungodly oh, God. cliffhanger and never know what happens. Because there's so many storylines. Like, we got yes. another one in this episode. Yes. I'm like, how are they rolling this all up? Right. They aren't, because they weren't planning on it. And, and it's not it's the it. producer's fault. No. It's sci-fi's fault. But a lot of the actors, if you follow them on Twitter or Instagram, the stuff that they've been putting out, oh my God. Has been amazing. You guys, you need to stop because you're making me cry, I swear. Yes. 
<laughs> Especially, we love you guys as much as uh, you love us. Yes, Hale Appleman. Basically, yes. he had put that the letter that they wrote to Q. Yes, and <laughs> it like really fit with everything. It's like, oh, yes, stop killing us. Yes, and Olivia's posting behind the scene pictures, and I think the very first picture from oh yeah day one day of one. shoot standing yeah standing there by the break bill sign and jade taylor did an instagram video that was very heartfelt yeah you guys i love how this cast has come together and really like summer bishop how am i ever gonna get any character giving me snarky comments i can use (laughs) as well as we got with margo i mean come on yes all right so maybe i know they have feelers out i should say i know sarah gamble gamble right had said that they tried shopping it around and i know that the fans are really trying to push for like netflix or hulu or somebody to pick this up right maybe they will we do know that sci-fi is part of nbc and nbc is looking to launch their own streaming service so maybe this is something that could end up there all we can do is hope, but we will just kind of roll with it and see where where the season takes us and hope for the best. But we yes, totally love the actors. Maybe we will see more. Yes, we can keep hoping. Hashtag save the magicians. Yes, make sure you tweet that out because you never know. All right, let's jump into episode nine. Cello, squirrel, daffodil. Penny only wears vintage. Alice rejects a sandwich. Julia does a thing. Cheese and rice. <laughs> if this is revived somewhere, can somebody give me better like synopsis? Because this is killing me. <laughs> yes. Oh. Five seasons of it. Never gotten any better. They just troll us with that. All right. So yes. let's start in Fillory, where we open with Margot and Fen traipsing through the forest in an effort to get as far away from Castle White Spire as possible. So apparently, it's not just, oh, Elliot and Margot are kind of cool with each other. They kind of knew about everybody. That's what it seems like in this episode. Right. They aren't taking any chances. Right. Because they're still not aware that the assassination didn't take. Right. And Margot left her fairy eye with Josh to keep tabs on him. But apparently Josh knew that the eye was with him. I don't know. I thought it was like yes. she did it on the sly, but apparently that's not the case. But we also no, see because he grabs it, puts yeah, it in his a, pocket, and it kind of sucked because we didn't get to see him at all this episode. No, we didn't. He was going back to tell Rafe and Tick to get out. Yeah. Meanwhile, we have Elliot and Julia also running through the forest, and Elliot's like, "You got to pick it up," and she's like, "Uh, well, not able to move so fast." And no. we know it's because of her increasingly pregnant status, but at this point. No. She hasn't told him just yet. No. But unfortunately, they end up being caught by White Spire guards. And who else but Seb sauntering out of the forest. And they're like, the hell? Yeah. 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 There's a surprise. He is none too pleased. But he's like, arrest them. He's not killing them. So that's a good thing, right? So Yeah, so far. So they're all carted back to the castle. Elliot and Julia are in the dungeons that we had learned previously are magician-proof. Well, that was stupid, but whatever. Bad move, Josh, bad move. 
Elliot yeah. does attempt to free them via magic, but Julia has to remind him again, magician proof. Like, oh yeah, right, forgot. And he's like, what's going on with you? Something's up. And so she stands up and we see her very real baby bump. Yes. <laughs> very have... real and very big baby bump. Yeah, they don't have to hide it no more. And he's like, yay? She has to <laughs> tell him, yeah, Red Monkey Month, everything goes faster, including this. Ah, this could be going real fast. And I thought it was a cute little moment between them. Because she's like, yeah, we weren't in a dungeon. I totally have you trying to throw me a baby shower. And they have that little moment laugh. And and Seb's like, oh, I've ruined the celebration. It's like, are you going to kill us? Yes, you have. Now get out of here. (laughs) (laughs) And just open the door while you're at it. Yeah, I love it when Julia's like, are you going to kill us? And he's like, "Uh, no, I need you. I need a favor. Say what? Yeah, this can't be good. No, because Juliet and Elliot, Julia and Elliot, I combine their names, are <laughs> mulling over the parchments, trying to figure out what this spell is that Seb wants them to cast that takes three magicians. And lo and behold, yes. I know what this is. Hang on. This is a necromancy spell. He wants to do a seance. And Elliot's like, I thought that was bullshit. It's like, well, maybe not. Have you seen the takers? Yeah. yeah. So, but Elliot knows exactly who Seb wants to contact. Yes, because going way back when we first met him, Seb confided in Elliot that he's overwhelmed with his grief from his dearly departed, who hasn't been departed really recently. No. <laughs> We're talking almost half a century, probably. Probably more than that. You think in Fillory, they're 300 years plus. So if we're going back to Earth time, it's probably been like 50 years, but it's way more than that. It's actually older than that, I think. Yeah. Yeah, probably. Yeah. (laughs) Another couple of hundred. (laughs) It's like, oh my God, this is so bad. Elliot and Julia successfully helped Seb in his quest pull off this necromancy spell, and they. All of a sudden, hear him called by a different name when this is happening. Yeah. And Julia has a light bulb moment herself because we find out that the spirit inhabiting Elliot's body is that of Lance Morrison, who was Rupert's lover from centuries ago. Wait, wait, wait. Seb is Rupert? And we get that flashback when Julia and Q were in the haunted dorm area. At break bills. Right. And we see Rupert and Lance, who had been together and they embraced because they were having an illicit affair because at that time they couldn't be open about anything. And that's when Lance's father came in, broke it up, and holy crap, wait, that Lance? That means you're Rupert? That means you are from Earth. You're not you're not anything crazy special. You are totally a child of Earth. You've totally lied all all this time. Yeah, Rupert Chatwin. Yeah. It's like, hang on, wait. I, I was like, okay. So We're I'm going full circle here with the chat ones. Yes, because at first it's like, okay, Seb is Rupert, whatever. And then it's like, wait, Rupert? Rupert? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and then it was like, Chatwin, hang Martin's on. Martin's brother. Yeah, it, it's like, <laughs> hold on, hold on, back up. I need, what? Yeah, it was one of those moments. Yes, it was. But Rupert vows to fully revive revive lance after lance is like you know i waited but you were gone and he's like i had to try to save my brother 
He's like, but that now I'm dead and you can never die. He's like, no, no, no. It's only for a little while. Stay by the door. He keeps telling him to stay by the door. He's like, I'm trying. Right. What door are you trying to pull him from? The underworld? Hold on. Things are getting weirder. Yeah. This has some interesting possibilities here. Right. Lance does leave Elliot's body, at least, but it seems that Elliot has been grievously injured. And what does this mean? Rupert doesn't seem to care. No. And Julia's like, Julia gives <laughs> Julia, she could have said so many things. Yes. And probably gotten her and her baby killed right then and there, but. True. But when she said, I'm grieving too, but I don't go about trying to kill other people just so I can bring it back. And when he was like, maybe you didn't love that person enough. It's like, oh. Why did I want her Wrong goddess thing. powers, like, back right away? Be like, oh, yeah, poof. Just, like, keep blowing them yeah. up or something. Mash him like a bug. Yeah, Seb is obviously going over the top. But is it... He's a chat one. Yes. But is it because he's a chat one? Or is it other reasons? Because he is forever stuck there, and is he, like, losing his mind? That's what I'm starting to yeah, wonder. Yeah, I would say that that's probably very true, much like the way Martin lost his and became the Beast. Yeah, but I felt like Martin had a whole other reason, too. I mean, he was being Oh, well, yeah, abused. he sure did. <laughs> and like, okay, let's go to break bills because here's a whole lot of other things happening and... Oh, yeah. Another storyline. You think this was weird enough? It gets weirder. Yeah. <laughs> Patty was rummaging through various knickknacks at the physical kid's cottage and ends up breaking a trophy that ended up being Quentin Coldwater's Welter's trophy. And he had grabbed a little plaque off it and he's like, uh, crap. And we kind of hear a little Penny 40 leak out. Yes. It's like, you're such a nerd, Quentin. You know, it's like, all right, give him a little jab. But... As he's holding it, smiling, we suddenly see Merritt, a.k.a. Plum Chatwin, appear out of nowhere. And she's like, oh, God, I'm back. I did it. And it turns out, like, she thought she was only gone for, what, like an hour? Right. And he's like, you've been gone three weeks. Because she was like, wait, where is Julia and Lipson? What's going on? He's like, no, 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 honey, this has been a while. Yeah. <laughs> she was kind of freaked out. And she gets examined by Professor Lipson, who finds her to be perfectly healthy, nothing alarming of note. But it's like, wait a minute. I feel like you're saying something without saying something. What are you it's possible. seeing that's kind of odd? That's what I want to know. And Lipson is not giving up any information. No. Just because it's not alarming doesn't mean it's not something that may... We shouldn't know about Yes. It. <laughs> Maybe something will help. But Plum is recalling that after listening to the signal, she was sent to a room that was just a room, no windows, no doors, but had a bunch of just stuff. It's like, right. Okay. Do you remember what it is? Maybe that'll help. Yeah, it was really interesting that it was just a room full of stuff. But why do I think that stuff is very, very important and valuable yes it's like and i think it's tied to the couple as well oh so you think it's the couple see i didn't know who it might be yeah 
I really do think that this is involves the couple as well. See, I Divide was thinking it was involving the takers somehow. Right. Ah, I wonder if that's kind of two sides of the same coin. It very well could be. But we do get to see Penny attempting to teach Plum how to do stuff. It's like, listen, we're going to try to work on your traveling abilities. We'll start out simple. Travel from one side of the room to the other, and you're just going to go into the circle, and you're going to take me with you. Which she doesn't know how to do, so he does tattoos on her fingers, which she's cussing about. And he's like, little too late to try to get an anesthetic. It's like, right? yeah, I can imagine that being painful on your fingers, but. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Well, they do end up traveling to the other side of the room. It's like, yeah, I did it. Except it's not exactly the same room. It is, but it isn't. Because it turns out. Well, it's not not exactly the same time. Yeah. And they went back to Breakfield's 1998. It's like. Oh, my God. Say what? (laughs) Especially when they're like, yeah, he's got dial. Because they're talking to somebody out in the hall. It's like, yeah, we got dial up over here. We're going to try to see. And I do not remember what they asked for. And Penny's just like, wait, dial up. <laughs> and yeah. Plum's just like, what is he talking about? Which, first of all, I wanted to slap her a little bit for that. But <laughs> whatever. But they're like, all right, we need to figure out what's going on. So they go see Dean Fogg, which is hilarious. Because oh my God. I was not expecting Dean Fogg with hair and yes. a cheesy mustache. And he's just stone cold sober. So I love it because they're wearing ski masks so they didn't want to create a paradox. And he's like, what do you know about time travel? He's like, does it exist? He's like, but we're here. Yeah. It's like, all right, well, <laughs> I guess you're right there. All right, maybe I can help you. So he leads them to a time machine akin to the one that Thoppert crafted. Oh, great. We're going to utilize this and get home because it's like, just take this compass and it should right. lead you where you need to be. And I'm thinking... Okay, this isn't going to work, is it? (laughs) No, (laughs) it's not. I'm just like, magic's all jacked up in the future. I don't know what's going to happen. And, all right, holding it, she's feeling the pulse. And, well, yeah, she kind of did. She got him back to break bills again in 1920s. That was so not good. (laughs) (laughs) Because... Yeah, 1920s break bills was really racist. Oh, yeah. So it turns out that Penny is like, I don't know how we're going to get back. We can't get into the library because break bills library is <laughs> like, you can't be here thinking that they're not students. And it's like, okay, great. What are they going to do? Well, Penny ends up realizing, wait, there might be somebody here who can help. Hyman. Right. And Elephant Plum's like, his name is Hyman? Yeah, yeah. Okay, they have weird names. But it's... And the, he's a weird dude. Right. It's the guy that was stuck on the astral plane that is essentially the peeper of break builds. Why? Because when they were hiding out in an area near the library, they hear a girl talking about, oh, I felt like I was being watched in the in the locker room. Oh, yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. I forgot that the dude <laughs> that was guy. from here. <laughs> So, it turns out he is still alive, thankfully, and still sketchy as ever. So, Penny asks him for help gaining access to the library. And he's like, and why am I supposed to be helping you? And who are you? And so racist. Oh, my God. So racist. And they're like, so we don't turn you in for being a peeping Tom? 
on the astral plane. And it's like, oh, yeah. what, what? What? I don't know what you're talking <laughs> you <know> about. <laughs> I love how he got all indignant all of a sudden. But Penny and Plum do kind of solve their plans. It's like, we just need to have something from our time. Because Hyman actually mentions, oh, yeah, a lot of times first year travelers who are just learning need something to hold on to. So it's like, oh, they had to go back to 1920s. For somebody to realize, we need to hold on to this. Penny apparently didn't right. need that, but a lot of these people did not have any kind of practice with their Traveling, yes. Yeah. It's like, okay, so going through their belongings, apparently nobody has anything. I love that he has like an no. expired coupon from like 1908, or, or I mean not 1908, yeah. like 2008 <laughs> or something like crazy. And then he remembers he still had the little plaque from Quentin's Welter's trophy it's like okay well wait a second there's just one problem hymen who is being expelled for peeping on people and it's like wait 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 wait. he can't be expelled he needs to travel and then lose his body because otherwise he won't be able to help and then we do create a paradox and we won't ever have magic we'll never be in this point oh my god what do we do yeah <laughs> well i guess we need to have him lose his body and what if and we've dealt with this in other time travel shows. What if what you did was the reason that everything fell into place? Right. So Penny needs to get Hyman to travel one more time, and then they need to steal his body and hide it. Yeah. Great. So he does, and he goes to talk to him about a women's welters match, because apparently back then they did not have co-ed welters matches. No. And he's like, oh, really? And, you know, Penny kind of saying, you know... Maybe the women are getting changed, and maybe it's not so bad. Why would we have these powers if we couldn't take a quick peek? <laughs> and I love it. Hyman's like, yes, yeah, um, I need to finish packing alone, and let me think on how I can help you. <laughs> yeah, you are so <laughs> transparent, dude. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so he does. He goes off and takes a peek, and, well, Penny and Plum manage to take his unconscious body and stash it in the physical kids cottage yes i'm so glad that plum managed to basically snag a vintage watch that's imbued with a status charm so that that body's not going to start to stink right and she's like maybe Be frozen can, in time maybe we can do two good things it's like i don't even know if you're getting back at this point but okay right but they think they are but she manages to argue penny into agreeing with her plan so they put right. him in i don't even know what it was it was like the little like a window bench kind of thing and she right. goes he's gonna be sore when he gets up and <laughs> she puts the the watch around his neck it's like nobody's ever gonna see this body apparently because it's in a really weird place i'm guessing nothing ever goes there right hopefully or hopefully they don't have rats that would be weird yeah but hey the Walters card. They use it to get home, right? Now, they never actually ask if they're in the right spot. They just assume because of the student they see. Great. Success. We're here. Except we're not. No. Because as soon as they're like, yes, we're back, they're gone again. And they're in that room. And Penny's like, wait a second. I remember this now that I'm here. Right. And Plum is like, this is the room. This is the room I was in where the signal brought me. So, obviously, they're going to have to do a little exploring in that room. 
But it just kind of ticks me off that we have this other storyline now. Right. Because I don't feel like we have enough time to get everything together. Yes. Because we definitely have at least three, maybe four full storylines breaking out right here. And <laughs> and just a few Only episodes. A few. Yeah. So. Oh, this is going to be stressful. All right. Yes, it is. Well, let's go to the apartment because Margot and Fenn did make it back to New York. Yes, but Elliot and Julia never made it back. Well, crap on toast. What does this mean? Well, guess what? Knock, knock, knock at the grandfather clock. What? <laughs> yeah. They open it up and it is none other than Christopher Plover, the Fillory and Further author. Last we seen him, he was trapped in the poison room in the Netherlands. How the hell did he get here? And what the hell is he saying? Is he right. stringing together random, unrelated words? Cello scroll daffodil. What? Margot's like, okay, so he's lost his mind. And I love it. Fen's like, no, wait. There's some insects in Fillory that can scramble your mind. And I love it. She's like, yep. Well, he seems pretty scrambled. So Margot ends up having her veterinarian friend, <laughs> really questionable, yeah. show up. It's the guy who examined Josh when he was a fish. And he takes the gander at Plover, and this dude is so messed up. He's like, oh, he's kind of, like, under a curse. And he pulls out one thing out of his ear, and he's like, great, is that going to be it? And then Plover talks, and he's all scrambled. He's like, oh, no, no, he's got a ton of these things. What is wrong with you, dude? <laughs> Seriously. Like, this guy's talking about how, oh, I'll finally be respected, except you're kind of an idiot. So no, no, you won't. Yeah. <laughs> no. And he says one word, and all of a sudden it's like, Margot goes, hang on, what? Because the pal's like, oh yeah, there's all swarm of these things inside, and it's like they're possessing him because they're attached to all his chakras, and as soon as he said possess, Margot's like, possessed, you say? I Yes, let me fix that. <laughs> right. I have a plan for that. It's an axe to the back. Holy crap. But all the yeah. things come out, and Fen gets them in a little jar, and suddenly Plover is cured. And I love it, because the veterinarian's like, oh my god, call a doctor! He's bleeding! And they look at him like, <laughs> dumbass. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. And what are you? <laughs> oh, right. I can do that. But after he recovers some, he explains what happened to him, and how he does know the Dark King quite well, in fact. When he finally reveals his true identity, we understand why. Because he yeah. run into the Dark King, who recognized Plover, and he was the one who infected him. Well, it turns out that Sebastian is Rupert Sebastian Chatwin, like we said earlier. And Fen is like, oh my god, I can't believe it. This is so amazing. And uh, <laughs> if you'll recall, going back, Rupert did sit the throne of Fillory for a time, until Martin a.k.a. the Beast, cursed Sub with a sleeping curse, but not until after he connected himself to the trees. And it was one tree, but then we get that there's many trees in Fillory, but really only one tree. I love Fen. Yeah. I love Fen. What, what are you talking about? I'm Florian. I never heard this. Well, this is what... <laughs> she was so into his oh stories, it wasn't funny. It was like she was watching a... Like a soap opera. A soap opera. <laughs> But when he explains that all the trees and fillories, their roots go so deep, they're intertwined, they essentially are one tree, so it doesn't matter if you cut down his tree, 
he's connected to all of them, and that's how he stopped Martin from being connected to all of Fillory. Right. And being cursed, well, he slept for over three centuries, it seems, or several centuries. But when they brought magic back, it woke him up. That sucks. You know, every time they try to do one thing right, something goes wrong. (laughs) The story of the magicians. Right. And then Plover's like, thank you very much. I will take my leave. And Marco's like, yeah, what are you going to do? Just wander? He's like, of course not. I am going to write. I'm an author. Are you, though? (laughs) Because Margo's like, oh, hey, one more thing. Take this with you. And releases the horde of those twisty Falorian bugs back on him. And he's like, what? But he said weird things. He's like, we can't have a pedophile walking around with a coherent mind. And I love Fen's like, but why did you have to do that? He's like, he was so nice. And she's like, Jesus, Fen. (laughs) Pedophile? Right. And she goes, oh. Yeah, he was grooming you because you're so freaking naive. Yeah. The look on Fen's face, though, was like, oh, crap. Yeah. So Plover is out and about, even though he sounds crazy. I'm guessing we can always grab him if need be for later. We know we'll find him in the mental institution somewhere. Right. I, I honestly thought they were just shoving back through the clock. but Right. Let's head to the library because Alice tells Katie, hey, we need to get some more information. And doesn't give her everything, but Katie knows a guy. So they pop over to the Netherlands. So they can do a little research, and Zelda is back in charge. Great. Wonder where she's been. Yeah. And the library seems to be rebuilding quite well. And wait a second. Are those hedge witches hard at work in here? Yes, because... Yeah. You know what? I was helping remove the read mark, and I feel like they all need a place to. And we had found out before that Zelda came from the hedge witches, so that's not really too much of a stretch. No, it really isn't. So great. And saying that she agreed to have the reeds mark put on the hedges, then yeah, she should be helping remove it. Right. So it's kind of her penance in her word, but right. it just makes sense. And they need a place. She needs librarians. Why not work together? And then we have Alice who's like, all right, well, we have to delve into this couple to figure out who they are and why they want this page and what is going on. Well, surprisingly... Or unsurprisingly, however you want to look at that. The guy that Katie knows formerly worked with Marina. Great. Not good. This could probably go bad. But he owes her. So it turns out that the guy happens to be there at the library. Well, isn't that convenient? A little I wonder why. Alice and Katie are poring over the books, trying to figure out what's what. And they find the book that the page came from. And Katie... Because they Zelda shows them that there's on this desk is books from the poison room. Yeah, how do those just happen to be there? But Yeah, well, I'm assuming that the poison room was damaged, so there's no reason to have a poison room anymore, so they brought the books in to file them away properly, I guess. But there was... I'm not sure. Katie notices that stuff is in a different language, and Alice can read some of it, Katie can read some of it. But it's like, wait a second, why are there surges happening here? And Zelda's like, oh, they're, the hedges are still learning how things work here. Okay. Right. <laughs> and Katie's like, wait a second. You said that this plant can do all sorts of things, right? Even create something brand new. What about creating a new moon? It's like, yeah, okay. 
Do you remember what happened when the moon blew up, though? Things went yes. to shit. <laughs> so probably not going to be that easy. No. Oh, we can construct a new rock and it circles the Earth. Come on, we can do this, right? And then the new moon and then the old moon won't be pissed at us anymore because she's overly hormonal right now and she's just <laughs> screwing up everything. Alice is like, is it really that easy, though? Is it? And as they're it's trying, that easy. right? As they're trying to figure out a little bit more information, and they find the book where everything could bring it together, right? Alice is like, "Hold on, something isn't right." Not just the fact that she took a bite out of her sandwich and spit it right back out because there's suddenly peanut butter on her turkey, which, well, <laughs> yeah, I'm like, no, don't. That <laughs> just sounds gross. It turns out that. Things are just going way too well for her. And Alice, much like us, is very skeptical. Yes. When she goes to talk to Zelda about the page in this very special book, she's like, oh, I'll send a couple librarians to go get it. She's like, no, 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 I'll go. Because you just see things are not adding up for her. Right. And it turns out she's in like a time loop, but not a good time loop. No. Because... It turns out that the guy that Katie knew was actually part of the couple, or is the couple. I don't know quite know. They right. Exactly, don't know which. Yeah, yeah they didn't exactly <laughs> specify that part. No, they didn't. And this guy apparently likes his torture, because it turns out he had reset the timelines 18 times. He's not going to do it a 19th time. So you know what? We're here in this warehouse. Let's figure out how to do this. But I am going to start taking things that you want and finally it's going to be katie's life if you don't give me what i want but he right. starts with alice's fingers oh god yes oh just hearing that crack oh. just made you wince because they're both tied to a chair katie and alice and he's got like wire cutters right and he he starts with her pinky and he's like well if you hurry up and give it to me i can probably have this reattached and I'm just like, oh, God, oh, God. And he's talking about the magic that she can't do as he's taking right. her fingers. And I'm just like, oh, make could stop. Because, yes, like you said, the noise. Like, yes. sound editing. Oh, my God. Kudos. Kudos. Because. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I cringed every time. But I'm yes, also absolutely. Thinking she would have passed out from blood loss. I mean, it wouldn't have been you would pouring think. out that fast. But the pain and the loss, she would have passed out. But he gets to. What, the four fingers? He doesn't take her thumb yet. Right. But Alice will not give him what he wants. And then finally, when he's like, fine, I'm going to go kill Katie. And she's like, all right, all right, I'll give it to you. And he walks away. And she looks at Katie and I don't, okay, I don't know if I just wasn't fully paying attention because I didn't catch what Katie lip like mouth to her. Did you? I think it was ready. Okay. So I think Katie's got something up her sleeve that is going to be an attempt to escape, but I just don't know what yet because it's going to be a whole lot harder with Alice only having one hand. Right. So that's why I was not really sure. I was hoping it was something good. I don't know. Right. Fingers crossed. Is all <laughs> it wasn't say. looking good. Oh, fingers we crossed. Because the shot they <laughs> take of Katie is from the back of Alice's chair. So we see. The missing digits from her hand. Right. You go, oh, well, that was tough to look at. 
Uh, it was harder to hear, but it was still tough to look yeah, at. Yeah, I don't know if somehow she's going to be like hoping for the best to put her fingers back on. I don't know. It's just like, oh, God. Yeah, but it seems that Alice has come around because I know there were times in the series that if you had put Alice in that position, she probably would not have said, okay. She would have said, all right, go ahead and kill him. Right. I'm not giving it up. So I think by her saying, yeah, I'll give it to you, is hopefully a step in the right direction in her redemption story. If we get a complete story of it, which we won't. But uh, I know that sucks, but I'm still hoping something along those lines will happen. Right. At least maybe this will get her in with Katie. I mean, she's kind of made up with Julia and Elliot. Now maybe Alice, so that only leaves a couple more to be fully integrated back into the group. Right. We can hope. That's all we can do is hope. Yes. All right. But yeah, this the way this episode ended, there wasn't anybody in a good situation. So No. I was just like, How are we going to wrap this up? Yeah. How are they going to get our fingers back on? Yeah. So... Well, you know how we feel about this and how we were cringing. I'm assuming you were probably cringing with some of those, too. So, please, we want to know how you feel. Let us know at sci-fi talk at fangirlzone.com. Or you can head over to www.fangirlzone.com and go to our contacts page and talk to us all of those ways. Tell us how you feel about them not coming back again. Everything and anything. Let us know your thoughts. And while you're at it, if you can rate and review us on iTunes and every other platform you find us on, Good ratings and reviews help other fans of the show find us. Tell your friends about The Magicians. They can pretty much binge watch four and a half seasons and be caught up with you and enjoy the last few episodes. All of us together in our misery, knowing that there's big shit happening and we don't know where it's going. <laughs> right. So for this episode of Sci-Fi Talk, I'm Sean Fangirless. And I'm Steve. Yeah, well... Messing up my life kind of runs in your family. And until next time.